Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Good morning. It is 5.05 on Monday, August 26th, and this is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke. We're excited to have you here with our morning show this week. Looking ahead through the hour, we've got a lot coming in store for you. We have Scott Schultz talking with Patty Adelberg, who's from Portage County, Wisconsin, talking about the different hats that farmers have to wear. And for Patty, one of her most recent hats is being on the State Ag and Consumer Protection Board. So Scott will have more on that. Of course, as always, we will have a look at your weather today with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. We also have a look at your news and market numbers. In the news, we're going to be talking with some people from Insight FS when they hosted a field day recently in conjunction with the Iowa County Farm Bureau about some of the important takeaways there, as well as a look at Christmas trees. I know it's maybe a little too early for you to be wanting to think about Christmas, but for those who sell Christmas trees, thinking about Christmas is kind of a year-long process, so we'll be looking into that as well. And be sure to head over to the fabulousfarmbabe.net and while you're there, enter for a chance to win a pair of farm aid tickets where you could see John Mellencamp, Willie Nelson, Luke Combs, and many others. And this is all thanks to Rural Mutual Insurance. Shop local, support Wisconsin. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. So all you have to do is enter for a chance to win and that'll be hosted at Alpine Valley on September 21st. This is an event that you're not going to want to miss. And we'll be back right after this. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. This year, Compere Financial is paying out more than $150 million to our member owners. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. This might be stating the obvious, but farmers certainly wear a lot of hats. They're not just farmers. They are roles in the family, and they have professional careers. And uh, Scott Schultz recently encountered that up in Eau Claire. It's Josh Gramlin at the southern, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, Scott, you recently caught up with Patty Edelberg. She is a Portage County dairy farmer, but that's not, not all that she is. 
That's right, Josh. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Patty has been wearing many hats during her years on her family's farm near Scandinavia in Portage County. She's vice president of the National Farmers Union, has been vice president of the Wisconsin Farmers Union, and served as the state director of the Federal Farm Service Agency. Most recently, she's been named to the State Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection Board. I talked with Patty during the recent Wisconsin Farmers Union Summer Conference and asked her to first don her national hat and tell us about the latest in international trade matters. Sadly, I don't see we're getting anywhere with it, unfortunately. Um, It's just getting worse and worse. We had uh, seen a light at the end of the tunnel at one time, not too far along ago, and uh, there was talks that they were going to start buying some more egg products from the U.S., and then all of a sudden uh, they stopped all of it altogether. So, unfortunately, our farmers are seeing, uh, you know, things going from bad to worse. Bad to worse, and that's not just soybean farmers, corn farmers, maybe dairy farmers, too, you're thinking. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of a trickle-down. Once you start you start losing one commodity, you start losing quite a few. Um, you know, dairy, there was one thing, not necessarily with China, um, not not as much with China, but especially with Mexico, when they started doing t- uh, tariffs to Mexico, uh, we saw dairy prices tank. Um, they haven't exactly recovered where they should be. They're starting to come back a little bit. Uh, they're starting to look okay for dairy farmers, but uh, corn prices are going to go up because of the, the uh, report that came out the other days. Farmers are just going to be in a world of hurt everywhere. On the dairy side, as you said, uh, most affected was uh, trade-wise was with Mexico, especially Canada, and uh, the USMCA, the Revised North American Free Trade Agreement. Where do you see that in Washington? Again, with your federal hat on, with your national hat on. I think it'll pass. I think sooner or later we'll get something that'll actually go through. Uh, I'm not really sure that, you know, we have different um, different ideas on what it's going to do for dairy compared to some other organizations. I don't know that it's going to have a huge effect on dairy. I think, you know, the the amount of dairy that Canada is actually going to buy from the U.S. Uh, is, is minor compared to what uh, could go other places. So I don't think it's going to have a huge effect on dairy. It's going to have other effects on, on prescription drugs and things like that. But um, I think it'll pass. I think it's something that'll come up yet this year and will be talked about and it'll be huge controversy. So, But I think it'll go through. How far apart do you see the USMCA and NAFTA in the first place? Uh, there wasn't a lot, of, when it's, especially when it comes to dairy, there wasn't a lot uh, that changed. So uh, that's why I don't think it's going to be a huge difference when it comes to dairy. I mean, they're going to have the Class 7 that's going to be able to be sold differently compared to what it was before. Um, but again, how much are they actually going to buy? You know, Canada's Canada's dairy market is about the same size as uh, all of Wisconsin. So it'll be interesting. You've had statewide hats on before, as I've mentioned. State FSA director. And now you're looking at uh, another new job as a DATCAP board member. Um, Had you expected to be doing that (laughs) right now? The DATCAP board member, that was something that I've wanted to do for a long time. It's uh, it's been on my bucket list for a long time, so I'm, I'm really excited about the new position. Uh, it's very new, obviously just came out here the last couple of days. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, we'll see. There's there's a couple other board members that are newly appointed. Um, but I'm interested in the, the legislative side of things, you know, the citizen side, being able to voice our opinions and, and make some new laws and, and changes. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, like I said, it's very new and... and uh, I'm excited to wear that new hat as well. Nothing that you see right off the top of your head that uh, you want to see uh, worked on with the DATCAP board? Uh, 
No, right now, I mean, the big, biggest thing right now is livestock sighting. Uh, they're just going to start doing uh, listening sessions for livestock sighting, which is which is good. It hasn't been touched for quite a few years, so it'll be a, a big controversy. The last uh, DATCAP meeting that I was actually at, I was I was a speaker at um, talking about trade and, and the effects that it had on, on agriculture here in Wisconsin. So uh, that was a big topic at that meeting, and it'll continue to be a big, big topic going forward. Let's go to livestock sighting. We're right in the middle of those hearings on the revisions and the livestock sighting rule. That mm-hmm. cap, 51. It's been in place about 10 years, and as you said, uh, it hasn't been really touched. And uh, Do you see revisions in it that are really different? Uh, how, big, how big are these revisions? I know the Dairy Business Association stepped forward and said there are some things they can't live with. What do you think? I honestly don't know. I haven't uh, haven't dug into it far enough to see where the where the new revisions are uh, compared to what they had been. I know there's a lot of people out there that would like to see some local control, which I think will be a, a big issue when it comes to uh, DATCAP 51 or ATCP 51. Um, and I, I think there's there's ways that people there's pros and cons to local control. Uh, Farmers Union, obviously, we always like to see local control, being able to have um, neighbors and and uh, Councilmen on on the town and boards be able to have some decision making. Uh, right now, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of rules in place where they can actually you know stop some of these huge CAFOs coming in. Um, you see a lot of these huge CAFOs coming in in areas that aren't cited or aren't uh, they have no local control. So, um, and I think people would like to see some of that being able to you know have some type of a um, being able to hold some of the the laws and the rules in their hands locally. It's the year of the water. We're at the Wisconsin Farmers Union Summer Conference at Lake Wissota. We're standing literally on the bank of Lake Wissota here. How uh, important is water in this countryside? Uh, you Federally, statewide, what are you looking at? Especially on the state on the state side, uh, it's huge. Water has been one of the issues for the last uh, ten years that's really been at the forefront, and I think it's really starting to um, get even higher and more important right now. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, DATCAP did a really good thing um, pulling some of these uh, farmer uh, farmer led watershed grants together. In fact, I'm uh, one of the farmers in one of these watershed grants uh, working in in Portage County in Amherst area tomorrow river area and uh, you have a lot of individuals that 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 don't understand water um, so it's it's great being able to have farmers being able to talk about uh, how they use the water what they need to use the water for uh, being able to farmers teaching farmers you know how to use uh, no-till practices and how to use uh, cover crops and things like that but um, it's not just it's not just the you know the new practices that people need to that farmers need to to, to look at but it's it's just water quality in general water quantity in general um, it's a topic that's going to continue to rise I don't see it going away anytime soon and I and it shouldn't uh, I think there's there's a lot of um, concerned citizens out there when it comes to water and everybody's everybody uses it everybody has a right to it so i think it's a uh, one of those topics that that is uh, very important in today's uh, industry on a scale of one to ten where do you see the conversations uh and i've heard people say the conversations are at least starting to happen between groups between environmentalists between egg between everybody on a scale of one to ten where do you put that are they do we still need a lot more conversation, or are we 
starting to get to where we need to be conversation-wise? Well, I think we're starting to get to where we need to be conversation-wise. I think there's a lot of education that has had to take place and still needs to take place um, between uh, industry and consumers, industry and um, landowners. But I think I think it's starting to actually, uh, people are starting to understand where everybody's coming from. Um, and the conversation can't stop. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of different issues that are going to continue to take place. Um, but I, on a scale of 1 to 10, we're probably sitting at a seven. You know, I think we're I think we're starting to move forward. Uh, like I said, we've been having this conversation for ten years or so, so it's time that things start moving forward. All right, that's Patty Adelberg, with a lot of hats on, former state FSA director, National Farmers Union vice president, and now DATCAP board member here in Wisconsin. Thanks for your time, Patty. Thanks, Scott. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. How'd you like a birthday party where you get all the gifts? Well, I'm going to hook you up. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for my friends at Zimbrick Chevrolet Main Street Sun Prairie celebrating 54 years in business. I'll tell you, the Zimbrick family's been a part of this community and love to give back. And this month, they're giving back to you $15,000 off remaining in stock 2018 Silverado 1500 LTs. $254 gift certificates with the purchase of any new or used ride. Free oil changes for life with the purchase of any new or used vehicle. Buy three tires, you get the fourth for 54 cents, all for their birthday. So celebrate with them, a part of our community for 54 years and going strong. Zimbrick Chevrolet, Main Street, Sun Prairie, or online, ZimbrickChevrolet.com. And don't forget, tell them the farm babe, also wishing them a happy birthday in the month of June. We've got an exciting new destination for our Farm Tour 2020. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to come along. We're going to Costa Rica and Panama. The dates, January 4th through the 13th. What a great way to start off the new calendar year. We'll begin in San Jose, Costa Rica with a tour of Doca Coffee, Butterfly Gardens, and a Costa Rican Dairy. The natural beauty of Costa Rica you will not miss. We'll be going to a wildlife refuge. We'll enjoy Arenal Volcano National Park and more. Then it's on to Panama, and we'll see more than just the canal. We are going to also visit some of the indigenous colonies that are available in Panama, and of course, the natural beauty and their agricultural highlights as well. Again, the dates, January 4th through the 13th, 2020. If you'd like to come along, jump online, holidayvacations.com. Look for the keyword PAM or call 800-826-2266. That's 826-2266. On the job till the cows come home, this is the Farm Report with Pam Yankee. Good morning. It is 519 right now, and you've got Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yankee, and we're on live with Skype with our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck. Stu, how was your weekend? Well, it was a good one, Reba, but kind of long. It was our Empire Thrasheries, so, you know, set up Friday, have the show Saturday, tear down yesterday. Now I could use a little weekend. <laughs> well, unfortunately for you, it's Monday today. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's time to get to work. And it starts out on this Monday with a little light rain. Over here in the Fond du Lac area, we have some little showers. The radar indicating we're not alone, of course, Oshkosh and down toward Madison nearby. Mauston just had a little bit. La Crosse had some of those sprinkles late in the night. 
Radar indicating activity in eastern, southern, and southwest Wisconsin will slowly drift off to the east today. There's more rain further west. In fact, some moderate rain in southeastern South Dakota and around eastern Nebraska. That's not suddenly going to appear here. What's happening is low pressure is building in from the west. A cool front's in the eastern Dakotas down to western Nebraska, and a warm front's trying to build up out of the south. So expect there'll be some rain. Those showers in the east and south this morning could be some redevelopment in the west and then sliding through the rest of the state by late today and overnight. Overall rainfall amounts not too great. My expectation would be in that uh, quarter to half inch range, if you get a thunderstorm in your neighborhood, you might be able to push up toward three quarters of an inch or so, but that should be about the extent. So we have the rain this morning in the east and south, some redevelopment a bit later, lasting through the nighttime, and then that cool front slips through and be ready. It's going to stay fairly mild yet Tuesday, but cooled off kind of quickly for Wednesday. One day, one hitter. It just cools off Wednesday with some sunshine. Really, that sounds quite fine. And the warmth then will return as we head toward the end of the week. But there'll be a little bit of a rain chance around later this week as well. Moving toward Friday or Friday night, just a small chance of showers looks to be out on the horizon. I'll have forecast details right after this. America has always been about working hard and achieving dreams. Nowhere is that more true than in the construction industry. Since 1987, Associated Builders and Contractors of Wisconsin has trained thousands of highly skilled and highly paid craft professionals in communities throughout the state. Our 12 registered apprenticeship programs at 11 Wisconsin Technical Colleges help the best and brightest turn dreams into dream careers. Learn more at abcwi.org. It's an engineering feat and one you don't want to miss. I'm Pam Yonk inviting you to come along with us. We're headed to Costa Rica and Panama January 4th through the 13th. Now we'll see all the natural beauty those areas have to offer as well as agricultural highlights. And when we're in Panama, it's more than just the canal. We're also going to be visiting indigenous communities around Panama City. Get details today. Call 800-826-2266 or holidayvacations.com. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. This year, Compere Financial is paying out more than $150 million to our member owners. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. All righty then, and we are back right now, 523 on the line with Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck. You know, you're talking about that little bit of rain today, but other than that, it looks like temperature-wise, it'll be nice. It'll be a fine day, uh, you know, a little bit cooler than normal yet today. Let's put that in perspective. 78, the normal high at Madison, 80 at Lacrosse for the warm spot, all the rest of us in the upper 70s. So today, as we look at cloudy skies, some showers, possibly a thunderstorm this morning, and that's in the east and south. Redevelopment this afternoon and evening for everybody from west to east. Today's high, just up around 70, low 70s at Lacrosse. And east winds will be around 5 to 10. A chance of scattered showers or a storm yet into the night with cloudy skies. Overall, today through tonight, oh, about a quarter to a half inch of rain, really what I expect. Our overnight low drops down closer to 60. And the southwest winds through the night, 
It'll be about 5 to 10 early. They become west as we head through the night. And then mostly sunny on Tuesday. Just a fine day. Mid and upper 70s with the west winds at 5 to 15. And then the bottom falls out. Cools a bit on Wednesday. Mostly sunny. Back down to 70, could be a couple of upper 60s, and breezy with that cooler air. West winds 8 to 18, gusting to 30, but still sunny and fine Thursday. And like I said, Reba, could be into Friday before that next rain chance pops up. Well, I guess that's nothing to shake too much of a stick at. No, no, we'll get through the rain today. It'll feel kind of nice, be a nice break, and, and the rest of the week really looks wonderful. All right, sounds great. Thank you, Stu, and we will check in with you tomorrow. Will do. Take care. Will do. All right, guys, that was Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck, and we'll be back in just a little bit. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. As Madison area auto thefts and residential burglaries are on the rise, Crime Stoppers and law enforcement are reminding everyone to lock up vehicles, outside doors, and belongings. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help in identifying a burglary suspect. On August 21st at 5.20 a.m., officers were dispatched to a residential burglary in the 400 block of West Gorham Street in downtown Madison. A 22-year-old woman awoke early morning to a stranger standing in her bedroom. The burglar, who was using a cell phone flashlight, fled with some of the victim's undergarments. Surveillance images from a public hallway of the apartment building shows a masked person coming and going from the victim's apartment. There were no signs of forced entry. Please visit Madison Area Crime Stoppers on Facebook to view video of the suspect. If you have any information regarding the identity of this suspect or information regarding this burglary, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Wisconsin. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result... It transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need a new bathroom. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years and 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. Bath Planet acrylic tubs and showers are the only bath systems that have the good housekeeping seal of approval. What that means is no more scrubbing grout lines, unsightly stains, leaky faucets, or using harsh chemicals. No more hiding your outdated and maybe embarrassing bathroom. So call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Bath Planet experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. 
Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Silver and gold shining forever. Diamonds and other exotic gemstones, some mined right here in the United States. Great prices, a helpful staff. Where can you find all of this? I'm telling you, Goodman's Jewelers. They've been in business for 85 years because they know how to treat their customers right. They've been a part of a lot of love stories in those 85 years, from engagement rings to wedding bands to necklaces, brooches. They even have officially licensed NCAA Bucky Badger. UW Jewelry. And if you've got a graduate who's maybe heading to UW, you may want to stop by Goodman's Jewelers to pick up that perfect gift. And they've got a gift for every occasion and someone to guide you along the way. Back in the day when I used to hear jewelry store, I thought there's nothing in there that I can afford. Stop in and talk to John and his staff and find out just how wrong we are. They've got some beautiful pieces at all price points. Their website, Goodman'sJewelers.com. Their location, 220 State Street. Same spot for those 85 years. RJ, I don't know if you uh, put this together. I admit I did not until I heard one of the national shows that I was listening to driving out here to the Oaks this morning. You know, the, they're, they're calling it week zero of the college football season, which I think is very clever. Uh, there's only four games uh, tomorrow, but the, the primetime game is a pretty good one, Florida and Miami. And I had totally forgot that Manny Diaz is the coach of Florida. You know, he was the, or the coach of Miami. He was the coach at Temple for 17 days before <laughs> he took the Miami job. Basically, Mark Richt retired after the pinstripe bowl rj i could argue that the badgers basically retired or ended mark rick's coaching career because back-to-back losses to wisconsin in the orange bowl and pinstripe bowl including that just shellacking you know the 31 nothing beat down last year basically wisconsin put mark rick out to pass yeah they, they i mean like you guys mentioned earlier too i mean bo pelini got fired shortly after wisconsin put a shellacking on them uh yeah, you lose to Wisconsin in back-to-back bowl games. I guess that'll end your career real quick. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it seems like Wisconsin has that kind of capability to just get uh, get people to realize they're not good. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see that game uh, tomorrow night. I mean, I'm, I'm Florida, not to, to because we're Badger-centric here, RJ, but, you know, obviously – the SEC, right or wrong, gets so much love. And, you know, did I see this right? Is Florida really ranked eighth in the country, RJ? Yeah, that kind of surprised me, too, uh, when I saw that. And I mean, I was like, like, did did would, their season really go that well last year? Right. Like, I, I mean, we have some questions, certainly, with this team. I want to get to that. But, I mean, on a neutral field, I feel whether it's a regular season game, RJ, or a bowl game, I'd I'd take Wisconsin right now over Florida, and that's the eight, according to the pollsters, that's the eighth best team in college football. I'm just not seeing that. 
Yeah, I I can't say I am either. I'm, uh, I mean, you're two years off of a four and seven record. I guess you kind of rebounded last year um, with what three losses I mean, maybe on the coach, year, but still, yeah, yeah. I just boy, that that seems extreme, doesn't it? For for to be the eighth ranked team in the country. Anyway, I didn't want to get sidetracked on that, but I thought that was an interesting side note, RJ, with uh, Manny Diaz. All right, speaking of Florida, South Florida, so we actually had a listener kind of call out Wisconsin. Now, we talked about this last week, and, you know, keep in mind this is not a Power 5 school, but, you know, Central Florida, not South Florida, Central Florida, who's in this same conference, you know, this American conference, you know, tried to claim a national title two years ago. They did beat an 11-1 Auburn team, the same Auburn team that beat Alabama, who won the national title in a bowl game. Um, you know, how legit is this conference? Because here's what I was getting to. South Florida, yes, they lost six games in a row to end the season, which is crazy to think about. But, RJ, they were 7-0 and at one point last season. Like, what do we make of, like, this conference and this team, South Florida? Well, they're, they're returning a lot from, uh, from last year, uh, both offensively and defensively. You're returning your top two rushers. Uh, one of which was a thousand-yard rusher last year. You're returning your uh, quarterback, who was a transfer from uh, Alabama, I believe. Um, and you know, the, the offensively, I mean, there are four of their top five receivers are returning, three wide receivers, one tight end, um, and I mean, they have a lot of guys who put up stats last year returning on the offensive side of the ball. Now, defensively, I mean, they're returning a lot of guys too. But, uh, you know, with a team that was given up almost 250 yards rushing last year, that's one way to to lose a lot of games. So um, I, I'm not sure what that says about a lot of the defensive starters returning. And, yeah, they, they did start out well last year, but, I mean, they beat Illinois. Um, <laughs> I, I, as It's not saying much, uh, and... Yeah, their their schedule got a little harder as as their conference schedule came up, but um, it it does seem to be a little more of a task, at least looking at what they got returning on paper offensively um, to, for this Badger defense, and hopefully um, we can see the Wisconsin offense get you know time of possession uh, well on their side and moving moving the ball keeping that clock running, keeping the defense rested, and hopefully that'll turn into a lot of good things happening on both sides of the ball for the Badgers, which is possible to happen. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Iowa County recently hosted a field day where people from different backgrounds were able to come together to understand some of the land and water resource management that is being used within the county. Insight FS was one of the companies that helped host the field day, and Craig Sander, who works in precision technology, and Erica Sauer, who's in nutrient management plans, both through Insight FS, and they gave me an overview of what they would be talking about. All right, so today I plan on just going the basic steps on what it takes to create a nutrient management plan and get it handed into the state and then approved for if a farmer is doing farmland preservation or some other type of program for a nutrient management plan. Craig, can you give the general overview of what you're going to be discussing with everyone today? Today I'm going to be hitting more on the precision farming standpoint of things, um, primarily our variable rate placement of fertilizer, where when we take soil tests, we can actually apply fertilizer to areas of the field that require it and then 
apply none to areas that don't need it at all. So we're not doing a blanket application of fertilizer. We're only hitting areas that are required to have fer fertility based on those soil tests. Uh, and by doing that, we're reducing the amount of uh, fertilizer placed on fields and then precisely applying it where it needs to go. Why is it important for here in Iowa County? We have such a variety of soil types in Iowa County, different types of farmers and different types of land and slope. No two farms are the same. So it's really important that we can customize a plan for that specific farmer based on what kind of manure they have, what kind of crops they grow, and what kind of fertilizer that they use. If we can bring all those things together, it's going to benefit all the farmers in Iowa County. What would you see as the key takeaway for today for those who are visiting, maybe those who are other farmers, and then there was Iowa County board member who I was chatting with who said he's a city kid and he's just here to learn today. So what would be the biggest takeaways for the different demographics of people that are here? I would say that there is a lot that goes into into our soil, into our fertility plants, and into our crops in Wisconsin. A lot of people don't realize how much work and time is put into planning for that kind of thing. But if there's one takeaway for them, it's going to be that we really focus on those things. It's not just blanket, put out as much fertility as possible and grow as big of crops as possible. We're working on a budget, and we're doing what's best for the farmers and the land. I would have to say the greatest takeaway today from a nutrient management plan standpoint is that a lot of our farmers, the first year they have a nutrient management plan, they're not always in compliance with everything. So they might have soil loss that's a little bit higher that they might not have known about. Um, they might be applying fertilizer that's too high so or even too little. So in the end, um, it really helps them figure out where they should be placing things and where they should be putting their money to get the most out of it. You both kind of brought up doing it on a budget. Where should they be putting their money? Farm economy has been down for quite a while now. These are tools to help save money. Where are you seeing that come in at the are you seeing it at the end once you're doing harvest are you seeing it kind of throughout when are people going to be seeing the results that they're looking for primarily when we're looking at our inputs after the first year that we've done it we've had dairy farmers tell us they've cut their fertilizer bill in half because we've been able to put manure where it needs to go even if that's farther away or harder to get to fields and use less commercial fertilizer and only put that where we absolutely need it that's probably where they're going to see the most savings right away that was Craig Sander and Erica Sauer from Insight FS to explaining more about their presentation at a field day in Iowa County. We'll be back with a look at your market numbers after this. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Early bird gets the worm, or in this case, at least peace of mind. Fabulous farm bay Bam Yankee. You're from my buddies at McFarland's right there in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street. That's just off Highway 12. You really can't miss it. They've got all the Kubota tractors lined up out in front, all the Massey Ferguson ready to go. And for fall preparation, you might want to start thinking about making firewood, maybe going to do a little hunting, still have some hay that you want to make. The best part about McFarland's, you can address all of those needs under one roof. Maybe it's time to bring in that chainsaw and get it serviced. Be it steel, simplicity, Ferris, Kubota, Husqvarna, they'll take care of it all. Remember, if McFarland sells it, 
they service it. Same situation when it comes to getting that snowblower ready for the winter details. If they sell it, they service it. And let's remember that early bird getting the worm or at least peace of mind. Everything all under one roof. That's peace of mind. And that's McFarland's. 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. The impact of the Trump administration's recent granting of 31 refinery waivers is quickly being felt across the countryside, compounding farmers' concerns about crop conditions, markets, and trade. However, farmers have a way that they can help alleviate some of that stress, according to Steve Urham, National Corn Growers Association grassroots advocacy and leadership training manager. He says it's important to let decision makers know what's going on at the ground level. You know, there's no doubt that folks are angry and upset. They're stressed. But there's a great way that our farmers and members can really relieve that stress. And that is our advocacy program. We call that Stand Up for Corn. So I'd ask our growers and our members to go to standupforcorn.com, send their message to the White House, tell the president that Environmental Protection Agency is undercutting his commitment to ethanol. Secondly, send a message to the EPA saying they're really gutting the renewable fuel standard. That was Steve Ehrman with the National Corn Growers Association. And here's a look at those opening market numbers. Cash corn prices are currently at three fifty-eight and a quarter, down one and a half cents. Cash bean prices are up five and a half cents at eight forty-eight and three quarters. Wheat prices are down two and a half cents at four seventy-two and three quarters. Looking at milk contracts, September milk is at seventeen twenty-six, with October milk at seventeen thirty-eight. That's your opening market numbers on a Monday. You can follow us online at thefabulousfarmbabe.net, and while you're there, enter for your chance to win a pair of farm-made tickets thanks to our friends at Rural Mutual Insurance. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years and 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? M-Sculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. M-Sculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves, and it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. M-Sculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. 
View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. The answer is no, you're not crazy. That really was the sound of sleigh bells. And although Christmas probably isn't something you're wanting to think about right now, for Greg Han, Christmas is kind of always on his mind because he grows Christmas trees. Greg told me more about what he's doing at Han Christmas Farm to make sure the Christmas trees are going to be perfect for this winter. We started the farm back in 68. My dad started it with small acreage, and now we've gone into a lar- larger acreage. We're into about 65 acres. Uh, agri- uh, Christmas tree industry's changed a little bit in the in the last 10 years, where it's turned into more agri-entertainment. Uh, young families want it to be more of a, um, a event where you come out and get a tree. Uh, so we have a lot more things going on than just growing Christmas trees. Yeah, I saw that on your website. I loved the music that played when I first got there, but it looks like you have plenty going on during your Christmas tree sales season. Yeah, during the season, it is very busy. We have wagon rides and Santa and Mrs. Claus and a haystack for the kids to come out. So it's a great day on the farm. Um, And I, I really try to promote it as agriculture still. A lot of people think of only cash crops as agriculture or cows or pigs or that kind of thing. Um, but I'm still as strapped to the weather as any other agriculture product. And uh, um, it's definitely teaching the, teaching both parents and kids that this is agriculture growing Christmas trees. And that's a really great point about you kind of being strapped to the weather because most of us aren't thinking about Christmas trees until right around Thanksgiving, just before, just after. You have to think about Christmas trees year round. Yeah, we do. And uh, for all of the uh, things you've heard negative about all the rain this spring. Uh, actually, it, it has been beautiful for us. Uh, trees have a small root base when they're planted. They're usually about 15 to 18 inches tall. So the roots are about that same length. And uh, with the amount of rain that we've had, the trees are just loving it, absolutely absorbing all of it. Uh, with the cooler weather that we had this spring and all that rain, the root development is fantastic, which means that when we get into the hotter months in August, Uh, we have a lot better survival rate um, which so we're one of those crops that loved this rain Uh, unfortunate for a lot of my friends and a lot of the cash croppers and everything else but if you ever have a positive think of Christmas trees for the weather well that's at least someone's getting something out of all this rain and so you're talking about those young trees that you plant how often are you having to plant trees are you replanting every year so yeah, we plant every year. Uh, usually what, uh, as a generalization, not just at my farm, but uh, across the state, we are planting, for every tree that you cut down, you pretty much plant a tree. That way you can keep your rotation going and making sure that you have enough trees. It's definitely a patient man's sport, is what I say. Uh, an average tree to get it to market at a seven or eight foot tree is usually between seven and ten years, uh, depending on how we do for rain and things. Uh, the first couple of years, the tree sits there and, and, and kind of establish roots and it grows two, three inches kind of thing. Uh, but then once you get into that second and third year, you can get a foot of growth every year uh, so that you're, you're getting a foot a year. And that way uh, you get uh, a tree about in eight years. 
When you're planting them, are you ripping out old root systems, putting these back in the same areas? Are you giving areas time to kind of heal and breathe after they've had Christmas trees on them before you plant new ones? Well, it's a big buzz in all agriculture of getting organic material back into the soil. And we are also, uh, as agriculture, we are also trying to keep uh, that organic material in the soil too. So it used to be that we were trying to pull those stumps out and everything. But now it's a pretty standard in our industry that we leave that organic material in the ground. We're planting kind of in the aisle, leave the stumps there. In two or three years, they decompose. Um, And we're finding out that the more you don't disturb that earth, it, the better it is to be planting. And and you see that in the in the other agriculture crops too, where they're doing no-till and and we're kind of following that also. That's really interesting because I would have thought, yeah, rip it out, put a new one right where you pulled the other one from. Yeah, and the nice part is uh, with the little equipment that we have, we just don't get compaction, um, so we're not trying to deep till at all. Uh, we're really trying to keep that soil the way it is and our stump base isn't that large uh an eight foot tree might have a six five to six inch stump at the most so we're not trying to decompose huge oak stumps or anything and pine also decomposes fairly quickly into the soil christmas trees we all think of that perfect kind of conical triangle shape do they grow that way or are you kind of keeping busy all during the summer doing that so we plant in early spring um it's nice for my co-op because we are trying to plant uh, April 1st and then we actually are fertilizing right there soon after uh, some growers uh, go late in April to do some fertilizing so first is planting in April and then we do our fertilizing or we're putting some herbicide down we're trying to uh, keep uh, the the rows clean so that the tree has uh, good soil to grow in and no weeds are starving the roots for moisture um, and then, yes, uh, this time of year, which is June, July, uh, the first thing we do is we get that center point that you put your star on. A tree naturally doesn't have just one top. It's always trying to throw three or four tops up there. So we walk all the rows and just clip the tops. Some growers do this while they're shearing in August. Some growers do it now so that you can get a more sturdy, straight top. Me, myself, I actually am walking them now, and, and we clip. So you walk 36 thousand trees you know um uh, to make sure you have that that's about half my farm usually you're doing it after the second year so from year three to year eight you're always doing tops then we're doing a lot of mowing uh, not quite every time you mow your yard we have to mow we're mowing probably five times a season uh in the aisle just to keep the weeds down again uh to keep that uh, foliage nice and everybody wants a christmas tree that goes right down to the ground and is a perfect shape so then in april yes we actually shear the cone shape into them Um, the short needle trees do a fairly good job of getting somewhat of a cone shape but uh, the trend now is everybody wants a narrower tree they want a tall narrower tree a lot of people don't like that big wide fat tree um, just because they have furniture and stuff in their house so we're always shearing the sides keeping them a little bit narrow on the bottom Um, and that is also done every year once a year so it's a very busy around the farm uh we don't have the customers but we're we're very much farming all the all the year round 
will be still my heart because I prefer the big fat trees. So I'm sad to see the trend is shifting away from that. But after you've trimmed a tree once, is it easier every year to kind of keep it to maintain that shape? Sometimes. Uh, this year, it would, won't be quite as easy. We had such great rainfall, and uh, the trees, you know, really love that, and they absorb that. So then the, the lateral shoots uh, really grow big. The nice part about it, they also do get denser because of that, too. So that's a positive. But it, normally, yes, once you get that cone shape going, it's a lot easier to, to maintain it then establish it and you guys do cut your own trees here and so i'm thinking do you ever see a tree that you're like oh if that one can make it to next year like i just it it would be a perfect tree and then someone goes and cuts it down how do you kind of keep people from cutting down the ones that you hope would maybe stay another year well once they get to be harvestable we just kind of let them go um uh it's it's a little bit more difficult. We tag our own, our trees out in the field, so the customer only can cut a tag tree. Uh, so I can regulate it a little bit that way. But more as a whole, as an industry, we really just do it by blocks of trees. So if you're trying to keep trees, you just don't let the customers in the block. Um, now talking on the wholesale side, uh, we have a large industry in Wisconsin. We're number five in the nation uh, of selling Christmas trees, and that's because of a lot of the wholesale farmers and the wholesale farmers just don't go into that block they don't have the choose and cut customers or the customers walking through the field so they'll hold the block back and and uh, try to keep those perfect trees for another year what is the biggest tree that you've ever sold we run to about 20 feet here Um, we supply some large trees uh, for uh, the capital and the executive uh, residents and uh, we don't supply the actual capital tree um, but Edgewater gets larger trees uh, so it's getting to be a trend that some people like those big trees outdoors uh, inside a house usually 17 18 foot tree is a is a big tree I, yeah you can have 20 or 30 foot cathedral ceilings but putting a 20 foot tree in a in that kind of area it gets very wide in the bottom and one thing greg wanted people to know about is the fact that your pricing on the trees isn't just arbitrary uh, we we do work all year round. Uh, people, a lot of misconception is that you plant a tree and just watch it grow. And what do you do the rest of the year? And uh, there's a lot of labor that goes into these trees. Uh, and people need to keep that in mind as they're paying a $60 price tag for them, too, uh, as as gas prices go up and movie prices go up, it's still a small price to pay, I believe, uh, for $60 for something that you have in your house and, and celebrate a wonderful holiday around it. Uh, but keep in mind that we're here all year round making that tree perfect so that you can bring it in and have a great celebration. So although you might not want to be thinking about Christmas trees in August, that's definitely something that Greg and all Christmas tree farmers are having to think about all year. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.